Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning? Kind of gray, kind of chilly. It might get a little cool tonight, but hey, it's a great day because this is the shortest day of the year, which means tomorrow it's going to start getting towards warmth again. Hey, y'all, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Welcome to our party, Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. My producer is an awesome Jaffa Chapman, and we're going to get dirty over the next hour or so. I want to give a shout-out to folks listening by way of podcasts from all over the country, but it's a southern thing. We're going to be talking about gardening in the Deep South. So coming up today is Winter Solstice Party. I'm going to give a heads up on some stuff you can be doing or not. Touch on a couple of emails, but mostly it's a live program. Oh, we got some cheesy music. Yes, we do. But we're going to be talking live about what you could be doing in your garden today or this week here at the Winter Solstice. We'll be right back with a Gestalt Gardener right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're talking about gardening for the next hour or so. Here it is, a winter solstice, the reason for the season. We're going to be uh, kicking around a few ideas about things you can be doing this time of year. Uh, I've got some emails that I think uh, some of y'all might be interested in because it's things we all wonder about ourselves. But mostly it's a live call-in program. So if there's something you want to talk about, something that uh, that is garden-related, um, if you've got a concern, want to talk, argue with something, if you've got a question, got something weird, it's something you just want to try. I'm just another opinion. That's all it is. Got research backed uh, science in my, in my blood, raised by a bunch of old gardeners, and uh, had a few failures and foibles in my own garden. So let's just chat. If you want to give us a call, it's live, toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring And I've got a few things to share, but let's start off right off the bat because we got a guy named Jim Jackson who's calling about, uh, what? What are you calling about, Jim? Hello? Do I need to push this button? And Java says, no, don't touch the button. We got a new phone system, and he said, keep your hands in your pocket. Uh, Jim, are you there? Felder, I'm here. Oh, hey there. Howdy. Good morning. How are you? Not only is it the winter solstice, but we've got a full moon tonight, and we'll have a clear sky. It should be a wonderful evening. It's going to be a great day to build a fire. You know, it's an ancient, ancient tradition. Gives people pause, doesn't it? I wondered if you've ever visited Stonehenge when you've been in England. I actually have got a picture of the sun rising on the winter solstice through those wonderful stones. I've been there on the winter solstice. It wasn't made for the sun. It was made for the winter solstice. I've been there and watched the sun come up exactly on the solstice. It's spooky. And the people there are creepy. You know, my grandmother used to believe in planting by the signs of the moon. Uh-huh. She would plant all of her root crops in the dark of the moon when it was waning and all above-ground crops in the light of the moon when it was waxing. You know, and, and they even talk about, you know, planting, uh, I mean, putting fence posts in and you dig a ditch. Apparently, if you dig a ditch the wrong time of the moon, it'll the dirt will sink back down. It won't be enough to fill it back up. Uh, you know, I don't know if I believe in all that, but I do know this, Jim. It doesn't hurt to plant by the moon. There you go. Well, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your show, fellas. You have a Merry Christmas. Wish you a Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you so much for calling. 
All righty. There are all sorts of things going on right now. Uh, I want to give a shout-out before we go to the next phone call to a guy named Dave Turnage. Uh, he's a guy with a green thumb up at a print shop in my my, my little village called Fondren. Anyway, Sir Speedy. I have all my stuff for MPB uh, printed up there. Anyway, he's gotten the potted poinsettia. He takes care of their, their potted plants in their front office, and he's gotten the potted poinsettias in the front office to flower for three years now. I'm, I'm talking about one that's in full bloom and gorgeous. Part of it is because the sun, the plants get all the sun they need all day long because it's a big south-facing picture window. So, but the office doesn't have night lights nearby. There's no street lights. There's one that's blocked by a tree. So those particular windows, when the when it gets dark, it stays dark till the next morning. So the plants get the total darkness they need to start flowering by now and the sunshine they need to grow normally in the daytime. Anyway, a bigger part, because uh, Mr. Turney's gives the plants a TLC they need all year, regular water, fertilizing, grooming. Congratulations, Mr. Dave Turney's. You've pulled off what so many people have difficulty doing, and that's just getting a poinsettia to bloom in time for Christmas. Hey, let's go now to uh, Pest uh, Pas- Christiane and talk to Jennifer. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not certain. Jennifer, where are you from Pest Christiane? Hello? Hi, can you hear me? I can. We got new okay. new phones, and and, and I, my bifocals are having a hard time figuring stuff out here. Anyway, uh, what's up? Thanks for taking my call. I have a question. Um, I really love those David Austin roses that are just really frilly and open. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Before you go any further, do you know about Mr. Austin this week? No. This is such a weird coincidence because David Austin, Mr. Austin, 92 years old, uh, Order of the British Empire, he passed away this week. Oh, wow. And, I didn't realize yeah, that. And I knew I've been to his place many, many times. I've been to his Christmas parties. I've been all over his roses. And uh, one of his roses was named the the world's favorite rose by Rosarians from 100 or more countries. Anyway, uh, wonderful gentleman. He just passed away this week. What a coincidence. I'm sorry to hear that. I um, Okay, I'm a little worried when I when I see that name English because I know we have... <laughs> yeah, little in common as far as climate. Do you think uh, they yeah. could grow here? Absolutely. There's some matter of fact. I have a couple of different kinds planted in an old cemetery in Jackson. Now, they don't they don't look as good as if they were watered and fertilized and all like that. But here's the deal: they're, they're, the reason they're called English rose uh, is just because uh, they were they were designed there. What he did was he took the the old. Uh, the fragrance and the frilliness and the the pack petals and all like that, and crossing with modern repeat blooming roses, and came up with a combination that is truly unique. They're, they're called the English rose, but they're also called David Austin roses. And there's some that don't grow well here, just like some hybrids don't. But there are quite a few that grow really, really well, as long as they get good drainage, plenty of sunshine, and uh, you need to prune them and fertilize them because they're a little bit. They're not fussy, but they're they're uh, premier roses. Okay, and you suggest pruning them I, uh, in January, right? Uh, yeah, January, February, something like that. Now, that's what we do with most roses anyway. Now, now some of the, the David Austin roses, the English roses, uh, they're climbers. There's some, uh, you know, compact shrubs. There's some that get really, really big. They're almost like semi-climbers. And so, you know, I wouldn't use them in a rose garden. I would use them as roses 
in a garden, you know, with daylilies and daffodils and stuff like that, so that when they bloom, they have their own space. And they're, uh, and if you'll prune them pretty good in the wintertime, after their big flush, their great big flush of flowers in the springtime, uh, if you'll cut the new growth back just a little bit, they'll get more compact and have better flowers later. But some are just wonderful. And by the way, there's some really good ones. Uh, you know, some that people have heard of. You've everybody's heard of Heritage, for example. That's one of the old ones, and it's a real popular one. But there's a, a place in Tyler, Texas, that actually grows the English roses in for for um, for American gardens. And uh, we're talking about Tyler, Texas, right on the other side of Shreveport. So if they'll do there, they'll do well here. So anyway, if you want a list of a handful that I'd recommend, shoot me an email. But uh, they're they're definitely worth growing. Um, so anyway, good luck on that. Uh, David Austin, I w- want to throw this out about David Austin roses: forms and fragrances, old roses, repeat flower and modern roses. He had he bred over two hundred, two hundred forty something uh, different kind of roses never seen before. He won the Royal Horticulture Society's top medal, the highest award, uh, and he was named, he was uh, presented an OBE from the Queen, the uh, the Order of British Empire. If any of you watched the Queen's uh, uh, big jubilee thing they had a, a, a couple of three years ago, the big 60th anniversary, she came down that barge on the Thames River, all the roses covering that one were David Austin. Anyway, David Austin passed away this week. What a, what a great guy. Now, let's go to Angela in Mobile. No, no. Why? Why? Is that right? Yeah, Angela Mobile. Hey, Angela. Hey, how are you? <laughs> We've got new buttons up here, and I'm really confused. <laughs> Ask me something about gardening, not about buttons at a radio station. All right, I can do that. What's up? Uh, I, we planted hostas in our front yard when we were having an event um, in August, and they were in full bloom then, and they they lasted a little bit longer, and then they uh, no more bloomed. And then just recently, they have started to bloom again. Yeah. And it's uh, and so they're blooming, but then also a lot of the leaves are yellow, and I've pruned some of them. Yeah. And I'm just I haven't had hostas before, and I'm wondering if at what point do I just wait for a hard freeze to kill them all? Well, will that upset the fact? It seems like it's blooming in the incorrect time, or am I wrong? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, you're not wrong, but they're not wrong. They're they're struggling. Here's the deal, and and keep in mind, you know, I've I've grown rose up uh, hostas. I've photographed hostas literally all over the country, all over the world, Japan, all over England, Europe. And they're terrific plants, but they're summer perennials. They normally are mine are completely gone right now. You know, so you know, as soon as they get a frost, they start to die down. Um, the problem is a, a couple of things. First of all, if you want to keep them growing, you need to fertilize them lightly and frequently, and give them a good soaking every now and then because they do not like the south. They do better the further you know they grow better in Canada than they do in Tennessee. So it's really hard. Most people, and I'm going to say most people because there's some little old lady named Aunt Mamie who's going to say I'm I'm stupid and ignorant. Most people will say that hostas don't grow on the Gulf Coast because they've tried and tried and tried. So if you want to give them a try, they must have shade. You got to water them when they get dry without rotting them. Give them a little fertilizer and, and good luck on it. So, but I wouldn't be fertilizing them this time of no, year. No, 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 no. They should be down by now. The reason you're a bloom right now because they got confused. When you planted them uh, out of season, you know, you got to keep in mind, in August when you planted yours, they're already starting to kind of go down up north. You know, they're by, by September, they're compl- there's nothing but plant labels 
in a hosta yeah. garden, uh, you know, by September, October. So uh, they're just confused because when they got planted in the weather and stuff like that. So uh, I would just basically ignore them right now. And when the new growth comes out in the spring, a little bit of fertilizer, two or three times over the summer, and occasional deep soaking. Okay. All right, that's great information. Thank okay. you so much. Let me throw out one other thing. It's not something you ask for, but this is something that you can do that hosta people can't. Where hostas grow well, they can't grow peacock gingers. And peacock gingers are the hostas of the Gulf Coast. If you don't know oh. about if you don't know about them, they're fantastic. Low growing foliage and flowering plants for the shade. Only on the coast. I, I am I am familiar with this, but what are the, you know I'm I'm thinking of two different kinds of the ginger. Are you talking about the ones that make the red kind of pine cone? Pretty no, no, flowers? no, no, no. Peacock ginger is a low-growing mound-forming thing, like a, almost like a ground cover. Oh, Pe- I, I, I'm Go- not familiar with it then. Google peacock ginger and then baby your hosses while you can. Okay, great. Thank you okay. so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, now we're going to take a quick break. We've got new buttons here, and they're right at my bifocal line. And I'm not supposed to push buttons anyway, but they got they got little blinking lights and the name of who's calling and where they're from. And I'm, it's going to be a challenge, but Java, I'm keeping my fingers away. We're going to take a quick break, folks, and come back with your calls here on the Gestalt Gardener, uh, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I've got some uh, some things I'd like to, to share with you all, some emails, but again, it's a call-in program. If you want to give us a call, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. By the way, winter solstice today is the shortest day of the year. Tomorrow is going to be about a minute and a half or two minutes closer towards spring. So I just want to let you know, this is a good time to get out and build a fire, celebrate what people have been celebrating thousands of years. That's the rebirth of the sun. We'll be back with North Gestalt Gardener right after this. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russia. Got some emails to share with you, uh, and we've got some phone calls. We want to throw this one out, though. This is a, a really good one. Um, Carol Poole wanted to know, uh, she says, it's a pruning season on us. Do I, I recommend annual pruning of Nandinas? She said, I mean, cutting them back to six or eight inches tall. And uh, here's the deal on Nandinas. They have multiple stems there. Uh, and if you, you can prune them to the ground, they'll come back out. You can prune them six, eight inches tall, prune them two feet tall. Wherever you make a cut on a stem, the new growth is going to come out right there next spring. So wherever you cut them, that's where the new growth is going to start. So what most people, and by the way, they're spring bloomers just like azaleas. So if you cut them all right now, there go the, all the spring blooms, which means all of next year's berries. So what most people do to prune them is they'll take the tallest stems that are in the way, and they'll cut them down to six or eight inches tall, and then they'll bush out down low next spring. They cut some back about halfway to the ground, to knee high, and they'll bush out. They'll leave some unpruned. So they have sort of a layered effect, stuff coming out low, medium, and leaving a few stems that'll flower in the spring and have berries next fall. So just thin out the tallest stuff. You can cut them at different heights so they'll fill out, and uh, that's the way to do it. If you don't prune them at all, they don't care. If you cut them to the ground, they'll come right back out. But there's that little bit of finesse in between that's called garden. Now, we're going to go down to Ocean Springs and talk with Libby. Hey, Libby, good morning. Good morning. How are you? 
I'm fine, thank you. What's up? Well, I am not a gardener. Nothing I plant grows. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But You've never grown fungus in a cup of coffee that you forgot about or mold and some chili in the refrigerator? <laughs> Come on. Well, maybe so. Okay. <laughs> where, where are you from, anyway? Originally, Min- Min- New York Min- State. Okay, upstate, sounds like. Around Buffalo, that Niagara Falls, that area. About as upstate as you can get. Well, what can I help you with today? Well, several years ago, I bought some uh, daisy plants. Uh Uh-huh. And they have been just fantastic. I have not done a thing with them. I have never watered them. I've never put anything on them. They just grow and grow and grow. And you say you're not a gardener. Well, I didn't do it. All I did was put them in the ground. <laughs> that's what. That's a start. That's what. That's the only thing all gardeners have in common. Just put it in the ground. Right. So welcome. Well, they now uh, are sort of tired, and I only get about one or two coming uh, up every uh-huh. now and then. So I wanted to get some others, but I have absolutely no idea what kind they were. Yeah. Well, Would you? Well, there's so many plants. The chrysanthemum family, daisies are chrysanthemums. It's one of the largest plant families on earth. I mean, there's so many different kinds, sunflowers and zinnias. So, unless I, and there's a lot of different plants called asters. I grow four different kinds myself. So, without seeing a picture of the flower, I can't. I, I really can't tell. Here's something you can do, though, Libby. This is uh, might be a little scary sounding, but the next step. If you put something in the ground, if it lives and starts to spread, what you could do is you can go out sometime. You could do it now if you wanted to on a nice, you know, not too cold, not too warm. If you, if you could take a shovel or a spoon or, you know, a pie knife or whatever you've got and dig down, cut right down in the middle of the clump you've got, you could dig some of them up and put them in a different spot throw some dirt in the hole, and the ones that are left will spread and start, they'll have more elbow room, and they'll start blooming better, see? So if you don't want to plant them someplace else, at least go in and dig around and just dig up some of the plants, throw some dirt in their holes, and that'll give the old plant elbow room to grow new stems, and they'll flower better. It's called dividing. Okay. And okay. if you don't want to replant them someplace, at least, you know, just dig them up, you know, Booger them up a little bit, you know, thin them out a little bit, and plant a few back in the same hole, and they'll do a whole lot better next year. And you can do that any time over the next uh, two or three months or so. Okay. And then, All righty. And, and, and then when they bloom next year, uh, send me a picture of them. We'll, we'll find out exactly what they are, because if they grow really good for you, I want some too. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, welcome. Don't be telling people you're not a gardener anymore because you got chrysanthemums that are, I mean, you got daisies that bloom so well that, that, that you don't know what to do with them. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. See ya. Thanks, Libby. All righty. Um, by the way, uh, we were talking about David Austin Rose a little while ago. There's one that's called Lady Shallot. Think shallots. You know, the onion stuff, Lady of Shallot. Uh, I've seen it in, in Southern Gardens. It's a David Austin Rose, kind of a, I can't really describe it. It's, it's not orange. It's kind of a soft orange, not, you know, anyway, it's a re- delicate uh, looking, but it smells like you wouldn't believe. Good stems on it. But the David Austin Rose are called Lady of Shallot, or Shallot with two L's and two T's. It looks good in Southern Gardens. I've seen them in Texas and in Georgia, all over the place. So anyway, if you're going to try one, that'd be a good one to start with. Now, now let's go down to Gulfport. Boy, we're getting a lot of calls from the Gulf Coast. What's up, Kay? Hello? 
Okay. Okay, I'm not pushing any buttons here. I'm keeping my fingers. They got a lot of nice looking buttons here. But okay, let's try Becky and Meridian. Becky, are you there? Yes, sir. Hooray! What's up? Yay! <laughs> um, so I sent some pictures in an email to you back in about mid October. Uh-huh. Uh, I want you to look at those pictures, but they are of my thornless blackberry bushes that I bought in the spring, planted them, and they produced abundantly this past summer. Uh-huh. I didn't cut them back after I harvested the berries, and I obviously planted them too close to the house because now they're reaching for sunshine. Yeah. So now that it's almost Christmas should I cut them back, and if so, how far do this, I cut them, and what other care and maintenance tips can you give me so I can keep them happy and healthy? Yeah. Okay, first of all, all the care and maintenance. Give them a little fertilizer in the spring, not much, just a scant handful. Just sort of throw a handful in their general direction. That's all the fertilizer they need. And only be prepared to give them a good soaking, I'm going to say at least once a month. Every couple of three weeks would be better, but at least once a month. No, no more than every couple of three weeks. So that's all it takes for maintenance. As far as pruning, though, uh, blackberries tend to bloom in the spring on what grew the fall before, just like blueberries and other things. So if you prune them now... There go some of your flowers. There go some of this year's berries. See, so, uh, the, you know, it's really important to prune them as soon as you get through picking them in the summer so that all the new growth the rest of the summer and the fall will be more compact and have berries the next year. But I'm afraid every stem you cut right now, there goes some of next year's blackberries. So can can you live with them a little bit the rest of, you know, till till next, till harvest? Hello? And- Yes, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. If you could just live with them, you know, if there's some that are grabbing your sleeve and you go by, I would cut them back a little bit. But I do as little pruning as possible this year. And then after you get through harvest the next year, cut them back. I mean, you can cut them back to two feet tall if you want to after you get through blooming. The new growth next fall will have berries the next year. Okay. All right. Good. Good luck. Nice. On, good luck. Tie them up meanwhile because they're going to try their best to grab you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. You bet. I appreciate your call. Um, so I got a, a, an email from uh, Diane Reynolds. She said I brought all her potted plants inside her closed garage. They can need as much water as when they're out in the sun. How much is appropriate? And uh, I bring plants in and out every, you know, if it's going to be frosting, I'm going to bring them in. But most of the time I try to leave them out. Plants that are brought indoors, the lower humidity and the lower light means they're not going to grow as much. Uh, they're not going to dry out as much, and there's a real danger in overwatering and actually rotting them. See, so uh, some of my plants I bring in the wintertime, they may not get watered more than every month or month and a half. The main thing is keep them moist. Don't let them stay dry. But worst, most important, don't keep them wet. That's the most important thing. Uh, now, let me see. We I got uh, Marlou from Jackson. Hey, Marlou, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Haven't heard from you in a while. You doing okay? Good. I'm getting I'm getting laryngitis. I wanted all I want. I don't have a question, but I wanted to say in German, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Please. Okay, I'm going to say it now. Frohe Weihnachten und alles Gute im neuen Jahr. Danke. Bitte schön. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Every time I hurt here, I want to go polka dancing at the at the. Uh, at the Munich, which is the best place to polka dance. 
Uh, by the way, we got some cheesy music coming up in just a second, but let's go to uh, to Kay. Hey, Kay, you call back. Woohoo! Yes, good morning. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, and <laughs> happy holidays. Thank you. You um, too. What's up? My local favorite garden shop provided me with um, milkweed, and it's done well, but they indi- and they indicated that it would be easy to propagate so my question was, what is the process and when to do it? Okay, good question. This is what they call the tropical one. It's kind of red and orange flowers, or there's sometimes it's all yellow, but it, kind of a tall, willowy thing. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a good one. That's tropical milkweed. It is easy to grow from cuttings. Uh, might be a little bit late right now because you've had a little cold weather, but... If they haven't been frosted, if they still look okay, you could try stimping, you know, most people cut them back close to the ground and let them sprout back out in the spring. And uh, they just compost or throw away the part they cut off. But you can you could take cuttings four, five, six inches long and put several in a, uh, a pot of potting soil and keep them kind of moist but not wet, and they should root pretty quickly. It's, um, it's okay to cut them back because they sprout back out close to the ground. You know, mine die to the ground every year, and they come back from the roots, so it doesn't hurt to cut them back. But uh, as long as they look okay still, you haven't had really cold weather, try rooting some over the next uh, few weeks. Put those in a pot in the... Greenhouse would be okay. And if, then... if you got a greenhouse, that's ideal because they need sunlight and warmth to root best. Right. Uh, you okay. know, if you if you don't have a greenhouse, uh, put a little plastic bag or something over them to keep the humidity high. But anyway, short cuttings, four or five, six inches long, and uh, mm-hmm. I go ahead and take them soon before we get some really cold weather. They're looking good. I I still have flowers on them. Yeah. Um, you know, so... And good. Some some people actually because that plant blooms all the time. The the, the monarchs that feed on them are going to keep going, you know. But some are tempted to stay around over the winter time, and they're tempted if there's plenty to to eat. So what some people recommend is in the fall cutting them back so the butterflies will move on south, and then they'll come back in the spring. And will it be okay to use a, uh, a eight by eight area just to plant milkweed? You can, but you know, I somehow I see a gazing ball or a bottle tree or something else in there. You know, it, to me, it'd be better turning an area that big into a to a butterfly or hummingbird type garden with several different kind of plants. You know, one that you can grow on the coast that we can't further north is a bottle brush tree. You know, you can put a okay. bottle brush tree out there, and that'll get the hummingbirds and some butterflies, and then put your lantana. You know, a few little plants like that, and then have as much of the tropical milkweed as you want, so you don't have all of the same thing in one spot. All right, bottle trees, bottle brush is a beautiful yeah. bush. Yeah, so that way you got a little thing going. And then if you put a little bird bath in there, that'll provide the the water. You'd be surprised how many butterflies and bees and 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 uh, all come to a plant. I mean, to a I had a guy make up. He just made a face at me through the window and lost my train of thought. Anyway, a bird bath also. Got it. <laughs> One other question. I have some dogwood cuttings that have done well, and I want to transplant them. Have they rooted? Sir? Have they rooted? Yeah, yeah. Wow. They. I, I, got, I got them earlier from a garden store. Yeah. Um. When could I put those in the ground? Anytime you get around to it, the sooner the better. One thing I would recommend, this sounds kind of weird. It sounds like you're coming with all this horticultural stuff, but dogwoods in nature grow best with this type. It's not a fungus, but it's called mycorrhizae. Let's just say there's a stuff in the dirt 
mm-hmm. naturally that helps roots of some plants grow better, and dogwoods almost require it. So if you plant them, if you know somebody who's got a, a nice-looking dogwood anywhere nearby, go out and get some of the dogwood dirt, the two or three inches deep, some of the dirt up from under a good dogwood, and mix it with yours to make sure it's got that mycorrhizae in your soil, because sometimes it doesn't come with them from the nursery. It, it, it sounds weird, but it's inoculating the dirt with a natural thing that dogwoods out in the woods really depend on. Right. The, thinking of that, the Natural Museum in Chicago has a wonderful exhibit that talks about what happens under the earth. And yeah. so I, I have a feeling that microrhizins were um, noted. Yeah. Somewhere in the exhibit. And all, all you got to do is go find a dogwood in the woods or somebody that looks good and just get some of their dirt mixing with yours, and and, and there you go. Well, anyway. It might be hard to identify a dogwood right now, though. Well, be sure to do it when they bloom in the spring. Do yeah. it then. Okay, I'll do it then. Okay, appreciate your call. All right. Happy holidays. Take thank care. You, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, we got some callers lined up. These new buttons are working great. I mean, the new phone, the people are just lining up to have their button push wrong. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I'm horticulturist failed rushing. Um, there's a, a real interesting thing. Go online and Google Christmas weed. Christmas weed. Somebody found a weed growing in a, a, a parking island, and they started decorating. And there's pictures that have gone all over the world of just a, a weed growing in a, a, a parking lot called the Christmas weed. This, be, this being the solstice, shortest day of the year. Tomorrow it's going to be a little bit longer. We're free falling towards spring and all like that. I thought, what better tune to play for our cheesy tunes? Not cheesy at all, but a celebration of the reason of the season. That's the winter solstice starting to come into spring rebirth of the sun. We'll be right back with the Scott Gardener after this.
you know, folks, welcome back, uh, horticulturist fellow Russian Java. Can I ask you something? Last week, you yeah, what's put, up? you put uh, for the blog, you put a picture of me with uh, lettuce and stuff like that coming out of my ears and my mouth and my. Is, is that still up? Yeah, it's up on the uh, the podcast. Uh, I had to pull the name up real quick. Yeah, but but uh, it took a picture of me. I, I talked about all the different leafy greens, the lettuces and the broccoli and the Swiss chard and all that stuff growing in my yard, and, and got a picture of it uh, here at the MPB studio. And if anybody wants to, if you've never heard of a green man, you know, with this this old car, ancient carvings of of uh, mean looking people with vines growing out of their ears and their mouth and stuff like that. Well, I got a picture of me called the Greens Man because I grow my greens and I stick them out of my ears. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a funny a funny picture. Um, it's on um, oh well the late the, that was last week. Yeah. So uh, it's called Winter Greens. Winter That's the name Greens. of the podcast. Okay, so go to mpbonline.org, dot uh, org. Go to the Gestalt Gardener. Hit the podcast called Winter Greens, and you can see the Greens Man. <laughs> hey, let's let's go to uh, down to. I'm not sure which cause either. Is it to up to Susan? Calling from Hernando. Woo! Way up north. What's up, Susan? Oh, Mary uh, Kaliki Mako. Thank you. And uh, happy Christmas. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I have a question, uh, but you just said it's called Greens Man? Yeah, well, no, that's what I'm calling me because oh, I have all these greens and stuff I grew in my garden, and I've got a picture of them sticking out of my ears and mouth and stuff. What is winter greens, though? You mentioned winter, winter greens. greens. Things like uh, lettuce. Well, no, I mean, Swisher. it's a program. Do you have a podcast or yeah, something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you go to, to MPB uh, uh, Java, help us out. I, you know, I, I can't remember all the, the words and stuff. But well, after every program, we come on live every Friday uh, at ten at nine o'clock. We repeat on Saturday at ten uh, o'clock, and we post every show on our website mpbonline.org in a uh, in podcast form. So after every program, if you miss anything, you can always go back mpbonline.org and uh, listen to the podcast. And the last podcast is titled Winter Greens, where you had the greens coming all out of your ears and yeah. stuff. It'll probably be the solstice or something like that this week. But, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have a question. I, I'm concerned. Uh, we've lived in our house in Mississippi for about eight years, and the last two years um, I've had uh, damage I, I'm I'm assuming it's from a deer uh, scraping the velvet off their antlers. They'll do it. Uh, They'll well, do it. Well, what I find like it looks like um, the bark on the tree. You know, it's about a foot off the ground, and the bark is all shredded up. Would that be deer damage? Uh, that close to ground, usually they're they're going to be you know two, three, four feet or so up. You know, where when they put their heads and all. Uh, the tree hadn't been hit with the string trimmer or the mower, has it? No, no. Well, the thing is, last year uh, they uh, there was a button bush that was shredded, and my fencing was off in the woods, yeah. and my uh, swamp cirilla was shredded. Uh, we have a young deer. He only has one antler, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> Bless and, his and, heart. Then, and then a pine tree had the bark shredded, yeah. and it was it was from about six inches to about eighteen inches off the ground. Is this you know, big stretch of bark shredded. Well, yeah. this year, oh my gosh! So this year, uh, I thought, oh wow, no damage. Well, you know, late November, I went out there. Four pine trees 
had the bark shredded. It's yeah. always shredded on the outside. And my pawpaw tree, I planted three pawpaw trees and the top half of the pawpaw tree. And then there's still about maybe four inches of shreddy bark yeah. on it. And my question it, is, can I save the pawpaw tree? I know I can't save the pine trees. They'll well, die. Well, but the, can I save the pawpaw tree? And how the, do I do it? There's there's really no way to tell for sure if you could be, because, you know, the only living part of the of the trunk of a tree is that little thin green tissue right under the bark. And if, yeah. it, if it gets uh, cut or rubbed, a little bit, the plant will grow around it. But if it's, you know, if it's interrupted, rubbed all the way through, most of the way around, more than halfway around, is a good chance that what what happens is food flowing from the leaves down towards the roots, it hits that shredded spot and it can't go to the roots. It can't feed the roots. The roots die and stop sending stuff. So in other words, it's kind of a slow lingering death to a tree. Well, so. the pine trees, they only were shredded on one side, but they yeah, all yeah, died. Yeah, but that's what my I'm saying. question is, can I cut, I, I know you can't cut a pine tree off because it's gone. That's right. But the pawpaw, if I cut it off, all the side branches are gone. Yeah. It, you know, it came you, below you, that. You can if cut, I cut it off below the shreddy part, will it put out new branches? Absolutely. Absolutely. No problem at all. Now, a lot of places where they have deer and they can't fence in the whole thing, what they do, and this is Americans don't really appreciate this, but you see it all over places where where people have been gardening for a lot longer than we have, and they tend to put uh, three or four stakes around a plant, put a little chicken wire around it, you know, and you see this in all these open fields and fruit orchards and and uh, all over Europe, and uh, where they all the trees have got this little small individual fence around it because they think that's important. To, protect the tree not much else going to work so you you could take some some uh you know what hardware cloth is oh yeah get you some half inch hardware cloth and lightly tack it to the tree not enough to where it's going to girdle it uh but where it wraps around as the tree grows in diameter it'll sort of spread out with it in other words just tack one end of it and wrap the rest around so it uh so as the tree grows this stuff will expand with it and that'll they'll rub on the hardware cloth and not on your tree Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, Have I have a last thing to tell you. We went to um, we went to Alaska last June, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they just legalized uh, marijuana. Mm-hmm. And there was a brand new shop in Haines, Alaska, and it was called Winter Greens. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. when you said the name of your podcast, so, so, I did yeah. a little double. Take. <laughs> so if you go, if you Google Winter Greens, you want to get the MPB one. Yes. Okay, exactly. not not the THC one. Yes, excellent. Well, thank you for your help. That was a great suggestion. <laughs> okay, appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know where that came from. Uh, by the way, there's uh, uh, angel trumpet cuttings. Uh, I was taking a walk not too long ago, and somebody had pruned their their shrubs, and uh, they put their angel trumpet. You know, the thing gets oh six, eight, ten feet tall, and has these great big hanging down trumpets, either white or in this case, it was kind of a of a golden colored, uh, kind of a yellow orange. Anyway, they had cut it down, they put it on the curb, and I took some cuttings, stuck them in my back pocket, and got back home, cut them to about oh not quite a foot long, and put them in of water, and they are just loaded with roots, all sorts of new growth. Uh, so anyway, I got some angel trumpets, six or seven or eight cuttings. Next year, I'm going to go on and share all but one of them. Okay, now let's go to uh, Nettie. Nettie is calling. Where are you calling from, Nettie? Hello. Hello. No. Hello. Let me get it off speaker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's up, what's up Nettie? 
I'm sorry, I can't get it off speaker. That's okay. Just be cool. I wanted to tell you, I called earlier in the year about the hidden ginger lily, and uh-huh. thank you very much for the information. Yeah. Uh, number two, Merry Christmas. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Is that it? No. Number three, I deliver uh, meals on wheels for the Lord is my help in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Uh-huh. So I really, 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 really enjoy hearing your show. Well, I appreciate you being part of Nettie and tell, give everybody you see a special hug this time of year. I do. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Nettie. Appreciate that so much. All righty. We got some lines open. You want to give us a call? Appreciate that. Thank you for the sentiment, folks. You want to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Got the lines open right now. They got like six lines now. <laughs> and all these blinking lights and buttons, and I want so bad to touch something. There's one green button that says go. And I'm wondering if I push this one that says go, am I going to go? <laughs> We're going to take a real quick break and come back um uh, and by the way, I want to mention next week, because it's the Christmas holiday, we're going to have a special program that we taped, Java and I taped it this week. It's a, about women gardeners who have inspired me. Women gardeners who inspired me. Got some real, real fun gardeners. A lot of diversity there. Talking about women who garden, who inspire me. That'll be next week here on MPB. Meanwhile, we're going to be right back with more of your calls. I hope right after this. Okay, doke, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening. Give us a call. Got the lines wide open right now. One eight seven seven MPB ring. You know, I write a weekly column for uh, the daily and the weekly newspapers in, in Mississippi. If you listen outside Mississippi, uh, sorry, that's the way. It, anyway. It's really fun because I'm able to write to small town folks. I was from a small town. My my older brother was a newspaperman for thirty something years. Anyway, uh, I really appreciate the small town ethos of guarding, where where um, being polite is more important than the pomp of horticulture. Uh, just like this on, on this program here, I so appreciate the uh, MPB letting us get together because we don't have to be anybody. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to be a horticulturist. You don't have to know a bunch of stupid rules. But if you really want to get into the crank down on the rules, the, the nuances, the little shortcuts of, of, of efficiency of horticulture, that's what I do too. I've written 18 books. I think I can cover a lot of that stuff, but I enjoy just, you know, the lady who called, she said, I'm not a gardener, but I planted some asters. And I'm thinking, she's a gardener. She's a gardener. And I could have said, you know, you really ought to cut those things back to about, oh, ankle high or knee high or something, just to neaten them up for the winter. I could have said that. But instead, I just wanted to say, you know, plant, you'd plant some. Now, dig some up and plant some someplace else. And that's a start. And if you don't have another place to plant them, share them with somebody else. But if she wants to cut them back right now, it'll make them a little bit nicer and neater. So anyway, I really appreciate the the down and dirty part of just being able to talk like a gardener because I'm a gardener failure. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is next week's column, uh, which I, I write for again for the for the the, the daily the the small weekly newspapers around the state, is about my Felder fesses up the stuff that I screwed up this year, stuff that didn't work for me, things that, that as a as a horticulturist I should have known better, but as a gardener, well, it happens. It happens. Uh, if you know the word Schadenfreude. 
schadenfreude. It means taking inappropriate pleasure from other people's problems. Well, there's plenty of schadenfreude. Schadenfreude happens in my garden. I lost a camellia, an expensive camellia, planted a low-wet area, and its roots rotted. Uh, I also planted a great big crepe myrtle tree in front of a picture window, six-foot by eight-foot window. It was going to be the glory of that window for decades to come. And, uh, you know, we got this new insect scale, so I've already replaced it with a uh, a weeping yopon, another alternative. Not as pretty as the crepe myrtle, but it's pretty in its own right. So, you know, I'm having to adjust like everybody else. Anyway, let's uh let's go to Billy and Benton. Hey Billy, how are you this morning? I'm fine, how are you doing? Good, what's up? Let me ask you a question about eggshells. Uh, is the calcium in an eggshell available to plants if you crush it up and put it out there in your garden flower or garden? Nope. Nope. No. Here's the deal. It's a different kind of calcium. Uh, every you do any word search on a lot about eggshells in the garden, everybody talks about grinding them up and putting them in the garden. There's uh, 999 out of 1,000 articles say this is a good thing. They just don't understand what you hit on is the type of calcium isn't available. It doesn't do, it'll take a 1,000 years for that stuff to break down. So, but now here's something you can do, Billy. First of all, it doesn't hurt to put them out there. I mean, because yeah. you know they, they're kind of pretty if you grind them up. But uh, yeah. if if you'll put them in in a, a bowl and just put a little bit of vinegar, just a little bit, enough to cover them, it'll fizz and fu- you know just go like crazy. But the vinegar, the acetic acid, converts the calcium. I forget which one it is in the eggshells, in the calcium that plants can use by just mixing it with a little acetic acid, a little, little vinegar. A little yeah. vinegar, okay. I yeah. appreciate that. It's going to fuzz like crazy. It's going to freak you out the first time you do it. And, <laughs> and if, you, if you put them in your garden, you have a lot of organic matter. There's enough organic acids in decaying compost and stuff where it'll do the same thing, but it'll take it 100 years. Right, I understand that. Good question, though, Let me ask man. you another question if you get time. Yeah. Once a tomato matures and turns red, and you can you put it in, in your refrigerator to keep it from decaying and it still retain its taste. It's really, you know, this is a physiology thing. Uh, actually, the quality goes down if you refrigerate it. It slows things down, but, uh, you know, w- once a tomato turns red or once it starts showing some color, you know, when they hit that pink stage, you can yeah. pluck them then, and they'll continue to turn red, and they'll get softer, but they're not going to get sweeter or mature once it's off the vine. If you put it in the refrigerator and keep it cool, that can prolong it a little bit, but it's not going to improve it at all. Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I wanted. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Good questions, man. I do appreciate it. All righty, folks. By the way, if you want to go to the podcast uh, anytime, just go to mpbonline.org and um, and click on the podcast thing. It's got the stuff, and Java always puts up a funny picture. I'm not sure what we can do for the solstice this time, but we'll come up with something. Anyway, uh, let's go now to Memphis, Tennessee. Good morning, Kay. How are you? I'm fine. I think you have given me another nickname. Oh, what's that? Chainsaw K. <laughs> Chainsaw. You, 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 you the, you the lady. I, you remember last time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. 
I oh. said, I just get my chainsaw. Man, I have lived with two chainsaws for 40 years. I have a 14-inch electric or 12-inch gas. I can't live without my chainsaw. So anyway. You know, you, you definitely own me when I said, be, you know, get somebody to help you. There. He says, young man, I just got a chainsaw. I got two chainsaw. Chainsaw K is back on the line. And on and on top of that, I'm 88 years old. I still get out there with my chainsaws. Well, so, you know, anyway, if you were 18, I'd still tell you to be careful with a chainsaw. Oh, I am. I, I anytime someone uses any of my tools on my property, I make sure that they know how to use them properly. And they all know how to say yeah. If they don't know how to say yes, them they figured it out real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll get down to business. Okay, I am having difficulty getting enough oak leaves for my big compost pile. Uh-huh. I have one that's three feet by twelve feet. Ooh. It's it, you know it's it's chain link fence and, and and stuff. Anyway, it's been there for years, and I just take it out and add to it. Now, what I know some things I don't want to use and cannot use. Like I don't want that. No, I have all kind of crazy trees around here, uh-huh. but no oak trees. Right. The only oak tree got the storm got it a few years ago. Right. So now what else can, uh, and I know you don't use black walnut, correct? Well, you know, the black the black walnut thing, that's such a minor thing. You know, people make mountains out of molehills, a lot of horticultures. You know, if you want to mix them in and they're mixing with plenty of other stuff, it's not a problem. And, the, you know, the pine straw and the magnolias, because they're slick and they take a long time to break down, if you run the lawnmower th- over them a few times, they'll even work. Oh, but, okay. uh, I have but, two big magnolia trees across the street. They're gorgeous. I would, I would, they're I would, a nuisance. Yeah, you know, but I, yes, ma'am. But I would leave the magnolia leaves on the ground under them because that's the way it all works out. You know, that's the way it's worked out in the woods. Magnolia leaves yeah. protect those roots and all. But you can put anything. Somebody people say you can't put meat in a in a compost. I put a raccoon in mine, Kay. <laughs> but anyway, maybe that's what I should have done with that when I found out on the street the other day, and I had to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to pick it up. It had been there two or three days, but the, and well, I listen, didn't know it. I well, found listen, it when I was drinking the leaves. Miss K, K. Well, listen, we're out of time. We got to go. I I really hate not talking to her longer, but we are out of time. K, please, do, Java, make me do it. Java, made me do it. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing. You've been listening and participating in the Gestalt Garden. It's a garden party put on every week by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Java Chapman, our, our uh, producer. Kevin Farrell, a phone greeter. Uh, so solstice, folks, go out and build a Yule fire. You know, celebrate the coming of the new solar year. The new solar year. That's what's happening starting today, starting tonight. Uh, if you've got some things you want to chat about, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Meanwhile, because of the holiday, we're going to be out of the office the next. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, Merry Solstice, Happy New Year. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Atmos Energy, with a reminder to call 811 before starting to dig to get underground utility owned lines located and marked. It's free, it's safe, and it's the law.